feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And welcome to the day after Thanksgiving. I hope all of you had a great, great holiday. Many of you were with me last night when I was here live on the Rita Cosby Show, because I can think of no better way than to spend the holiday with all of you. And there's a lot to talk about tonight, including we're going to get into later on in the show. This is stunning. The ACLU says that all basically migrant detentions should end, including those of individuals who have been convicted of crimes or charged with crimes. What? Are you kidding me? There are about 30,000 that fall in that category, nine with some serious crime, 9,000 that is, not nine individual, 9,000. And what is the ACLU up to that they actually think it's okay to release those who've been convicted of crimes? This, to me, is so over the top. Our border is already a disaster. It's already a mess. And we're going to get to that later on in the show, the fact that now the very liberal ACLU says even if you convicted a crime and you came into the country illegally, that's in addition to coming across the border illegally. That means you probably had to do something pretty bad, you know, within this country, in addition to crossing illegally, which is over several million, as we know. But if you have also been convicted of a crime while you were in the United States, there shouldn't be any debate. It should be ship them out. And they're saying no The detentions of these individuals are not fair. It's not appropriate. It's not a good thing. And we should think that they should all be released immediately. And the ACLU is talking to the Biden administration, making this suggestion. And a normal person would say, what, are you crazy? We're not going to release these people. No way, no how. And guess what? The Biden administration, according to multiple reports tonight, is actually trying to figure out how they can do it. So could they make our open borders any more dangerous? Could they make our open borders any more of a mess? I don't think so. Wow. But now they can. I thought it couldn't go from, like, bad to worse, and now it's not bad to worse. It's bad to worst. This is a mess, and we're going to be talking about this tonight, everybody. one 800 848 one Nine two two two. Also later on in the show, bravo Elon Musk. Elon Musk said he is going to, or he's at least considering, which probably means he's going to do it. If you listen to Elon Musk lingo these days, he is looking at potentially releasing the conversations that took place at Twitter over the Hunter Biden laptop suppression story. So they were suppressing the story, as we know from multiple reports. Remember, even Mark Zuckerberg even said, yeah, you know, the FBI came to us and then we were putting, you know, things down on Facebook and we know other social media were doing the same thing. Well, now that Elon Musk is in control, he has basically made it 100 percent clear that he wants transparency. And he says to restore the public trust, he thinks the right decision would be to release some of these internal conversations as to what exactly happened, why they decided to not play up the Hunter Biden story. I can't wait to see this one, because remember, in the middle of all of this, what actually happened was they didn't just sort of like 
kind of suppressed the story. They eliminated the story. Remember, they actually removed the New York Post, not only the story, they actually blocked the New York Post Twitter feed. I mean, could there be anything else? I'm surprised they didn't like try to take the New York Post out of business. They like went so extreme. So I can't wait to now see what internal discussions happened at Twitter. Hey, should we kill the New York Post today? Should we kill this story? Who was deciding? How far up did it go? Did it go also into the Biden administration? Could there have been a concerted effort between the Biden administration and also Twitter? I think so. I don't believe in coincidences. But can you imagine if there's some email that says, hey, uh, Kamala was telling me today to do blank blank or Joe Biden today was saying, can you please do this? And he'll take good care of you. Uh, The big guy will take good care of you on the backside. Can you imagine those discussions? I can't wait. And if he does actually release that information, boy, is that going to be a bombshell. And it could be potentially explosive. It could be potentially embarrassing, as you can imagine, for Twitter employees and also current and former employees. Because remember, he's lost a lot of them since he said, guess what? You got to work. What a surprise. I was working on Thanksgiving. We all had a great time. But it was like, oh, no, I'm not going to work. I'm at Twitter. I do my nails and I, you know, uh, go uh, pet my dog or do whatever I do, right? No, no, no. Elon Musk says the new work ethic means you have to work. And boy, is it going to be interesting if he ends up releasing that information. That could be potentially explosive. And I can't wait to hear your thoughts on that. If you think it's going to all basically lead to the Biden administration, that all roads are going to lead somehow, whether it's to Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. And you know what I always find interesting, too, guys, is I think back at back of the debates when Kamala Harris was actually debating Joe Biden, when they were both running for president before, remember, she got so poorly rated and then dropped out. And then surprise, surprise, she ended up as the vice president. But when she was going up against Joe Biden, I'll never forget. It was an interesting thing because suddenly in the middle of the debate, she's like, um, you know what? We are going to try to eliminate Donald Trump from Twitter. And nobody was really at that point totally talking about it yet. It was like she kind of brought it up. And I have always wondered, because her family, of course, her connections are California, a lot of them tied to Silicon Valley, you know, a lot of them tied to the same area where social media is tied. So can you imagine if for some reason the tentacles go back to Kamala Harris or they go back to somebody else? It could be very, very embarrassing. And I've always been really curious about that. I'm like, What is going on with that? That to me has just been, it was too weird that in that debate, remember, she's like, I'm going to get rid of Trump and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And she kept doing it over and over again. And then lo and behold, she gets picked as the VP candidate. So it made, I've always wondered, are her ties to, you know, social media companies happen to be in her area? Her husband also knows a lot of people in that area, too. I don't believe in coincidences that she was leading the charge and suddenly the person who has one of the worst ratings, basically, you know, she polled some of the lowest when she was running for president. And yet she gets picked after meeting with Biden. And then soon afterwards, guess what? Surprise. Donald Trump is eliminated from Twitter. And then suddenly the suppression of all these other interesting stories. 
So, boy, this could open a hornet's nest, guys. Can you imagine what could actually end up coming out of all of those details? It could turn out to be just downright explosive. And I've always wondered what kind of secret tentacles were going on, what was really happening there in that case. And I think Elon Musk, he seems fearless. He's like, you know what? I think in the interest of public trust, there needs to be a full disclosure of what's going on. And who knows? Maybe some of these people, you know, don't uh, don't work there anymore. Or maybe once he finds out what's in those conversations, they won't work there anymore. Who knows what comes out of all of that? That could be downright fascinating. And boy, I just say, bring it on, Elon Musk. Bring it on. And I think it is fantastic. Meantime, I want to get your thoughts about this because President Biden, in the middle of all this, here it is a holiday. He is in Nantucket with his family, staying at a $20 million home, by the way. Let's not forget that. This is the guy who's like, oh, inflation, no problem. Talking points, don't worry about it. Everything's great. Gas is down compared to the high that he brought it to. It's still higher than it was when he took office. Inflation is a mess because of his policies. Gas prices, as we talked about, the fact that he said, oh, Keystone Pipeline, see ya, don't worry about it. We're no longer energy independent. But yet somehow in the middle of all this bizarreness, he is taking a victory lap. I don't know how that happens, but he is. And one of the things he is talking about is gun control again. First off, a lot of it dates back. In the last few days, there have been some horrible shootings of late. I mean, it's really been heartbreaking, the shooting that took place in Colorado. And then there was the shooting that took place at the Walmart in Chesapeake, Virginia, This is a heartbreaking story, and it's a horrible story when you hear about this case. It's a 31-year-old gunman. He was a manager there at the store. He calls a meeting with the other people that are working at the store, and he calls them in, and then he opens fire. Now, in this guy's case, there was no criminal record. So far, as of even a few hours ago, they said the guy had no criminal record, but that people who worked with him said the guy was like a loony kazoonie. And that he was clearly had anger management problems, that he was always nuts. He was always erratic. You could not trust who he, you know, his perception of things. They were scared of him. This is the boss at this place. Um, And it's really horrible to hear what he did to his fellow employees. And then he took his own life. Um, And they are saying now, as a result of all this, there needs to be gun control. This is coming from the Biden White House. But first, let's go to the shooting in Walmart, because when the details were unfolding, it was just so heartbreaking to hear. Here is one of the police chiefs involved uh, at the Chesapeake Walmart after they came to the scene. Here are some of the initial reports. Take a listen. Six victims have died. Four victims are in area hospitals with conditions unknown at this time. And the suspect is dead from what we believe was a self-inflicted gunshot wound. And then here are some more details, because it turns out, obviously, that there were six dead, including the shooter, uh, this man who was working there at the Walmart, by the way, since 2010. Um, and by the way, among the victims, this is so sad. They just named one of the victims a little bit ago. Uh, he is an 11th grader who was 16 years old. Um, he was the youngest victim of this attacker, the employee Uh, Just started working there a few weeks ago. And can you imagine? Everybody said he was a beloved young guy. 
And he and other co-workers went in for this meeting with the manager thinking it's just a basic meeting. And the next thing they know, this manager who had obviously temperamental issues, needless to say, and apparently didn't get along with a lot of the people there in the store, suddenly opens fire and starts shooting a whole bunch of people sort of indiscriminately, but targeting employees clearly before taking his own life. And then afterwards, authorities went to his home and did a search. Here's a little bit more from the Walmart, uh, the police chief, and talking about the scene there. The Chesapeake Police SWAT team executed a search warrant at the suspect's residence, and with the help of the Virginia State Police, we cleared the house. And also, after all of this, President Joe Biden is saying, this is the reason we need gun control. Now, you know what? Obviously, we don't want the gun to be in this guy's hands. Obviously, this guy's a crazy guy. But there are many in the Republican Party tonight that are saying this is just way too simplistic for the president to try to suddenly say it's all because of guns. Uh, remember this horrible case in Idaho where there are four college students who were killed? That was with a large, they say, Rambo knife. Uh, how about many of the cases in New York City where people have been killed, pushed into subway trains? And many on the GOP side tonight are saying you cannot just suddenly say blanket. He is looking for an excuse to try to ban guns and to infringe on the Second Amendment. And he is by far overreaching and not looking into the mental background of these people. And in many cases, not looking into the past criminal history. In this case, there was not one, apparently. Uh, the guy apparently got the gun just a few hours before he got it legally because, again, he didn't have any criminal background. But still, in the middle of all this, Joe Biden is totally taking aim at the gun industry. And I want to hear your thoughts tonight. If you think that this is a cheap shot, if you think that gun control really would solve the issue here when there are so many problems involved, clearly the guy had problems mentally. People who worked with him said right away he always had a rage. He was always angry. He was always really mean to people, short-tempered. He was erratic. Um, I'm curious, did somebody report him? Was there problems in his family? I mean, was he taking medication or what? There, I think as things go on, we're going to find out a lot more in this guy's background because we often do in these cases. We find out that, you know, people were reported multiple times. How about the guy in Uvalde? It turned out that police went to his house in Texas So many times there were so many red flags in that particular case. And also with his family, he was like, you know, threatening his family. Remember, he threatened his family before he went over to the school. Um, So but there were problems for years upon years upon years. It's like, why didn't somebody think I got to lock that person up when they're threatening to go after a school or they're threatening to go after a store or somewhere like that? You got to take people seriously. And so now Joe Biden is using this, even though he had a Democratic Congress for a long, long time. And remember, a Democratic White House, that's about to change, by the way, as we know, with the House in particular, because the GOP is going to take the House of Representatives starting January 3rd. But President Biden had all this time and didn't pass anything, didn't pass anything. So I wonder how much of this is also just grandstanding for the left, you know, just trying to appease his base. But here he is taking a big, big shot at the gun industry in light of some of these recent shootings, including the one I just talked about in the Virginia Walmart. 
The idea we still allow semi-automatic weapons to be purchased is sick. It's just sick. It has no, no social redeeming value. Zero. None. No redeeming value whatsoever. It is sick. That is according to President Joe Biden. What is your reaction to this? Is this, again, just kind of grandstanding for the far left? What is this about? Because, again, he had the White House. He still does. But he had both houses. He could have, like, sailed gun legislation through if this was something that was a consensus, even in the Democratic side. But no, he's for some reason waited now and said, now I'm going to go for this in the lame duck session, basically. Now I'm going to try to push for it while I have a divided house. That to me sounds like a lot of politics. We're going to talk about this when we come back. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. What do you make of President Biden blaming it all on guns, 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 and not talking about criminal history, the mental history of these people? And also not talking about the 565,000 plus illegal guns that came through the border since he's been president. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about President Joe Biden doing a full-out assault on assault weapons saying that America is furious, that there's no reason to have a semi-automatic weapon, that somebody who has it is, quote, just sick. And yet, no reference to our wide-open border, which, by the way, has brought in 1.1 million pounds of illegal drugs since President Joe Biden took office. Also, the number of guns, I was curious about this, 595,740 Illegal guns have come through. Those are the ones we know about that have come through since Joe Biden has been president on our wide open border. And he's not saying anything about doing anything with the border whatsoever. No problem there. But if a law abiding citizen has a semi automatic, even if it is something that has been registered, they have no problems, no issues, then he's going after them. But if you come through the border, no problem. And according to the ACLU, we'll let you out, too. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go first to Phil, by the way, because, Phil, I was just talking about the ACLU. What do you make of this one, Phil? Well, my point is this. Where's the equal justice? If they favor, ACLU favors freeing detained uh, people, you know, illegals who are detained for, for serious criminal acts. Now, you know as well as I do, you could shoot up a place with a gun in New York City and you could walk the next day. All right. So these people did serious stuff. They either hurt children or they raped some woman or it was it was a homicide. My, my point is this. We fail to realize that this must be applied equally. If you're going to free these people, who are illegals with no standing legally in this country, why not free American citizens from jail who have been incarcerated on similar charges? And it doesn't it doesn't make sense. It's a misplaced concept to just say, well, because they're illegals, they didn't know better or yada, yada. It doesn't work that way. ACLU has turned communist over the past 15 years. I used to send them donations. I would send them a dime now, but 
But, you know, it's another issue, too, with, with what they're advocating. They, they will not stand and defend the, the people who are arrested for so-called parading and trespassing at the Capitol building. OK, my point is this. Yet they'll stand up for people who committed multiple crimes. I, 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 I don't quite get it. So, in other words, if you go into Capitol building, you're a wanted criminal. You spend two years in jail and you're not even charged with the crime. Meanwhile, if someone goes breaks in your house in some states, you can't even call the cops or tell them to leave. I don't get it. Why? Yeah. You know, Phil, you bring up a great point. And I also, on, on a much more minor scale, think about even in the height of COVID. Remember, they were telling cops and also telling also veterans, too, as well. You know what? You have to go get vaccinated if you want to be in the military or if you want to be in law enforcement. And yet if the coronavirus... They weren't even testing those coming from the border who were sleeping under bridges. I mean, this double standard, we got to treat Americans top notch. That's important. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a powerful story coming from Aurora, Illinois, which is located, by the way, about 40 miles east or so of Chicago. And that's where two police officers were injured while rescuing a nine-year-old boy and a woman from an icy pond the day before Thanksgiving. The police there rushed to the scene around 4.30 p.m. following a report that the boy had fallen through the ice into a retention pond along with the child's mother who went in trying to save her son. Now, the police say that the boy had walked onto a frozen section of the retention pond to retrieve a football when he fell through the ice and into the freezing cold water. In a combined effort, officers were able to safely return to land with the boy and his mother. The child sustained just minor injuries, was taken to a hospital and also released. And the officers luckily were as well. After the ordeal, the mother told officers and firefighters that she was so grateful that they saved her son. She said, I thought my son was not going to be here to see Thanksgiving. Thankfully, somebody was out there to call 911. I want to thank all the people who rescued him out there. I am forever grateful. Well, the boy didn't get his football back. So get this. The police officers bought him a new one. So not only did they save him, they got him a football And also they had a happy Thanksgiving in that household. Thanks to our great men and women in blue. And that's why I always love doing this story and these, you know, segments every night here on the show. We have our support our heroes segment in an hour because we love on the Rita Cosby show backing our men and women in blue and, of course, supporting our veterans and their families. We are talking about the fact that Joe Biden is now doing an all out assault on assault weapons. And basically saying, you know what, I don't care if you're a legal gun owner, we're going after you, saying he's going to do it in the, quote, lame duck session. When he gets back after his Thanksgiving holiday, he's in Nantucket with Jill and the family. Maybe Hunter's there. I'm sure he is. We're going to get to that in a moment. But when they come back, he is going to try to pitch to Congress to try to ban semi-automatic firearms, saying, quote, there is no social redeeming value That's going to be very hard to do because at one point they made up about 20 percent of all guns. And recently I was seeing of all the new gun purchases, 50 percent of them fit in this category of, you know, of semi-automatic weapons. 
So you're talking about an enormous amount of population, and he's doing it every time there's a shooting. And these shootings are terrible. What happened at the Walmart in Virginia, and there was also the case of the guy who goes by they because he's non-binary, the guy in uh, Chicago, in uh, Colorado. You know, that's a horrible case. So there's all these terrible, terrible cases. But if you look at the statistics, what is he doing about guns in the inner city? I mean, what is he doing also about crime in particular in the inner city? And I'm talking about inner city of Chicago, inner city of New York. Uh, think about all the major cities across this country where crime has sadly been rampant. And yet he's not going in there and, and saying we want to clean up the inner cities. He's barely ever talking about crime. And that's what's so unbelievable. And yet when there are these horrible shootings, which obviously we all want to come to a solution to try to stop these terrible shootings. They're horrible. They're heartbreaking. My heart goes out to these families who lost loved ones. It's terrible. But we also have to look at all of the things that contribute to it. This guy was clearly nuts. And I bet you, as we find out more details, there were many more warning signs about this guy. And we find this in almost every single case that a parent knew, a family member knew, maybe a coworker, somebody knew, and maybe should have spoken up and said something. And yet the solution of blocking guns from even the good guys and going after police officers, too, at the same time, and yet keeping an open border, as I've been talking about, how do we reconcile that? Phil was just saying before the break in the call that it, it, the double standard is just unbelievable. That at our southern border, the fact that they're allowing these people and the ACLU, uh, which is supposed to be American Civil Liberties Union, has now become the Migrant Civil Liberties Union because they're basically saying we want anybody who's in detention to be let go. And that includes also those who have committed crimes. And Phil rightfully said, it was a great point, Phil, who just called into the show, who said, if you were stopped probably for something there tied to being a migrant coming through the border, meaning you had to have committed some pretty serious crime, whether it was over in your home country that they rarely can track down. So that would have been an epiphany if they actually did, because most of the time they can't track down whatever the history is from the other country. Or you committed something so serious in this particular case to be behind bars. And now the ACLU is saying, you know, we should have more sympathy on the migrants. None of them should be detained. They should be let go, including those with criminal convictions. And the Biden administration is actually considering allowing this. So at the same time, they're saying we're thinking of letting go people who've committed probably some pretty serious crimes. Let's letting them out in a community near you. He's going after law abiding gun owners. Does that make any sense to you guys? I mean, why are his priorities are so out of whack? I mean, if he said, I'm going to get rid of all guns, and I'm going to do this. Then close the border, because guess what? Almost 600,000 illegal guns came through the border last year. Doesn't say a word about that. No, no, no. He says it about others who purchase the guns and that they want to do universal background checks. They want to keep records of everybody. Uh, but if you came through the border, no problem. Free pass. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Elena on line one. Elena, your thoughts about Biden's now approach, and it sounds like he's going to make this one of his big priorities when he gets back from his Thanksgiving vacation, if he can be aware that he's back from his vacation. But go ahead, Elena. Uh, good evening. Uh, Rita, I just wanted to share this thought with you. 
guns do not have a face. So therefore, it's very easy for Mr. Biden to make a political issue out of guns who are faceless. He's not making an issue out of criminals, social things, drugs, uh, all kinds of things that create the crimes because they have a face and they're harder to deal with. And he might even lose his base because of that. So he takes the easy political way out. And he chooses to attack guns and gun makers. They don't kill. It's the people with the issues that kill. You know, the thing that's interesting, um, even within his Democratic Party, by the way, Elena, I don't think he can. And look, he had the opportunity to do it. You brought up the politics of it all, because I think that's what 99 percent of this is. Um, when they did the the crime bill in the 1990s, of which Biden supported, um, you know, shootings did not go down. So it didn't work. And you look at places like, okay, New York State, for example, one of the stiffest, you know, gun laws in the country. And clearly we have a lot of gun crimes. You know, it's the bad people who are using the guns, the illegal guns, like the ones who are coming through the border, Mr. President. And in the Democratic Party, Elena, he had basically almost like, I mean, he had a mandate. He he could have done whatever he wanted, basically, in that moment when he was in the White House, which he still is, obviously, but he had the House and the Senate. He had both chambers. So, you know, he could have easily passed legislation if he could get everybody in his own party to agree to it. So, Elena, I was looking, I was like, well, why didn't he do it? Well, I had a couple names off that. Joe Manchin, for one example, West Virginia, where a lot of people are very big supporters of the Second Amendment. He would have blocked anything that would have, like, done what he's talking about now. And then John Tester, Montana, there's Sherrod Brown in Ohio. There's a couple of these uh, Democrats who are in states where Second Amendment is very important or they themselves are Second Amendment. They're, you know, they're gun owners, gun carriers and supporters and have said, you know, we would never sign on to something like that. So I think a lot of this is all political posturing, trying to appease the left and to try to say, well, the Republicans wouldn't let us do it again when the reality is his own party wouldn't let him do it again, Elena. I mean, talk about playing politics. What are your thoughts about that, Elena? Well, there are Democrats that are constitutionalists, and they do care for this country, and they realize that the faceless guns are not the problem, and we can't change the laws of this country to appease laws or or changes in the laws that don't help the people of this country, that work against this country. No, you're right. And also, he's not doing, you know, the other end of it, too. And this is what gets me so disgusted, Elena, with so many Democrats, that they would make so much more sense if they said, you know what, uh, we're going to lock the criminals up and throw away the keys. But no, you know, it's the no-cash bail, It's, you know, it's, you know, 20 strikes and you're out or 25 strikes and you're not even out. You know, it's like it's so soft on the back end that even if they wanted to be heavy handed on the front end, nobody would take them seriously because they'd get right back out again. I mean, that's it's such a joke, Elena. It's such a political targeting of how they see the solution without looking into mental history, without looking into reporting, without looking at throwing the book at people so they don't want to carry an illegal gun. How about that? That's right. And I think it's all politics. I think it's appeasing some base that they have, and they don't want to go there. It's the left base. 
It is. And that is so sad because in the meantime, you know, it's just politics and no solutions that help. And if they are refusing to, I always kind of call it Elena and I've said it on the show before here. You've probably heard me because I always love when you call in Elena. So I always call it like it's like gun control versus thug control. Where's the thug control? You know, there's zero on that. How are you going to solve it if you're not going to go after the ones as you described so aptly with the faces attached to if you don't look at the faces and say, do not do this again, guess what? They have a free or free reign to do it again. And that's exactly. sad. Exactly. Thank you so much, Rita, for taking my call. You too. And I hope you had a blessed Thanksgiving, and I hope everybody in this country has a blessed Thanksgiving. Absolutely. You too. Up. You too. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much, Elena. We appreciate it. Let's go to Josie in Virginia. Uh, Josie, um, you're there in Virginia. Are you near Chesapeake, or where are you? Are you talking about me? Yep, I'm talking to you. Oh, Go ahead, okay. Josie. Yeah, where are you? Are you? Say, are you? I didn't hear you. Um, I, I'm calling about this gun thing, and yes, I'm not near Chesapeake. I'm in Richmond, Virginia. Okay, beautiful uh, Richmond. And yep. it's not just the Chesapeake. It's Colorado. It's all sorts of places. Yep. But the first thing I want to tell you that you have somebody that calls in every so often, and he's really good. Jimmy of Brooklyn calls in. He has such good knowledge. Give him some time when he does come on. That's all I want to say. By the now, way, that, and, and, and Josie, you and I share something. I love Jimmy. Jimmy is like a walking history book. He is really so great. Incredible. He's been to the communist meetings. He knows everything what's going on with the communists and the all that. I'm with so you. I agree. I want to tell you about the guns thing, because that's your subject. Um, you, we've had people who really are mentally crazy in this world, in this country, going back I mean, however many hundreds of years that this this to be used as an excuse to kill other people in a small break room in the case of the place in Chesapeake or in anywhere else um, that I don't give them that excuse for their murders. Now, in the old days, 100 years ago, you know what they would do with people like that, don't you? I sure do. And, you know, in some countries, you know what they do with them still now. But go ahead. They don't have trials that go for years and years, number one. Number two, they hang them. Well, you know what, you know what, Josie, and, and I'm not for, for public hangings, all right, but what I will say is I feel like criminals are like young kids, and I've used this description where I think of like like if a young kid puts his hand like on the stove and suddenly gets it's really hot and he gets burned, he's not going to want to kind of put his hand back there again, and that's like a repeat offender. Like if a repeat offender suddenly, you know, the first time he commits a crime, it's tough crime. Um, and I've had on the phone, uh, I mean, here on the show, we've had uh, Joe Arpaio. And I love Joe Arpaio of Arizona. This is the sheriff who makes the guys uh, in the jails that are there for tough time wear pink underwear. And he sends them out to a rock quarry. You know, so they don't really feel like being back in his jail system again. Guess what? You know, it's like it's like here's a message. It's going to be a little tough there. It's not going to be like, you know, watching, uh, you know, the World Cup or whatever you want to do. And I think it is so important that criminals, maybe not that, uh, depending what the crime is, um, but maybe not that. But but at least knowing that there is a severe punishment, especially for those who've been convicted of a crime and, and there's no gray in the area. That there needs to be, you know, prison time needs to be hard prison time. So they're not incentivized to go back there again. 
And I think that that's a huge part of the problem. I, I mean, it's astounding how so many people on the left just totally ignore it. I mean, I think about even in the New York debate for governor, you know, we had Lee Zeldin and Kathy Hochul and Lee Zeldin said, well, what about criminals? And she all she and her debate was almost she sounded like Biden. It was like guns, guns, guns. And he's like, uh, well, what are you talking about? What are you going to do about the criminals and uh, the no cash bail? And then finally she looks at him and says, you know, I don't know why that's so important to you. Remember? And that was like a disaster. That was such a disaster for her because anybody listening goes, well, we know why it's so important to us. So, I mean, it, it, they, you know, the left has to realize that the guns, guns, guns without going after the criminals is just it is it is all politics. It's all posturing and it will not help any of us at this time. Sadly, sadly, sadly. Uh, let's go to Patrick in Ohio. Line four. Patrick, your thoughts. Hi, hi, Ms. Cosby. It's always a pleasure to speak with you, ma'am. Uh, earlier, uh, I, I heard that uh, President Biden, what a lousy expression that is, uh, was going to try to ban semi-automatic weapons. Yes, he and, says that when he gets back from Thanksgiving, that's like priority number one for him. Well, I'm glad it's his priority, but uh, unfortunately, Mr. Biden will be... Uh, disappointed because there's no way on God's green earth that the people of America who have firearms will surrender those firearms voluntarily. In fact, I think most people would say, go to hell. Yeah. Well, who was it? Was it Charlton Heston who said, you know, with my cold, dead hands, remember when he was there? It's like, and, 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 and at the same time, Patrick, First of all, he's going after, obviously, millions upon millions of legal gun owners who are incredibly responsible. Um, yes, there are bad apples. There's no question. And this guy clearly shouldn't have had a gun who is clearly disturbed. I wonder, you know, um, he didn't have a criminal background check. And who knows, maybe he came in and he looked normal when he bought the gun. Um, but there probably were other red flags in the background well before this that should have been a red flag to law enforcement about this guy, because it sounds like a lot of people thought he was just, uh, you know, nuts and raging and all these other things. But to your point, nobody's going to take them seriously on gun control, the Democrats, if they won't even start a conversation about closing the border, if they won't even start a conversation about looking at the mental history of individuals. For some reason, they don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about parents or schools or people having to, like, talk about the mental history of individuals. And they don't want to talk about punishment for those because we all know um, that once somebody gets away with one crime, it goes up. It goes up. It's like the broken windows theory with Bill Bratton, former NYPD commissioner, that he was saying, listen, we got to get them early on. We got to send a message early on if they're, like, breaking a subway window. Because guess what? Next time they're going to try to rob somebody. And then the next time they're going to do something more serious. And he said, stop that cycle early. Let them know there will be severe punishment even for smaller crimes so they don't go up to bigger crimes where they actually have an armed robbery or a shooting or something like that. And most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, there are clear warning signs. But yet you're going to give these people a free pass and then suddenly say, well, we're going to take away guns from law-abiding citizens, but we're not going to crack down on repeat offenders. We don't want to talk about bail reform. We don't want to talk about mental health. We're not going to close that border. What open border? I mean, this is like fairy tale la-la land. And that's why, to me, it just sounds like a bunch of political gobbledygook 
Uh, to put it nicely, Patrick, <laughs> thanks so much for the call. We're going to continue with your calls after the break. Everybody, 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. Oh, I can't go for that. That is my message to Joe Biden because all he is doing is saying, let's block guns, but not saying a thing about repeat offenders, not saying a thing about no cash bail. Uh, how are you going to fix the problem? I don't think he sincerely wants to. And he had an opportunity when not only did he have a Democratic Senate, but he also had a Democratic House. And that's about to change on January 3rd. And wow, now suddenly I'm going to pitch gun control again. He had all the time in the world. He didn't want to do it. Sadly, there were mass shootings that took place then. There have been a couple, obviously, sadly, of late. They're horrible. But it needs to be a full-prong solution. I mean, this is ridiculous. Let's go to Stan on line one. Stan, your thoughts about this. What do you think, Stan? Hello. Hi, Stan. Happy day after Thanksgiving, my friend. Yeah, I got stomach aches, but that's okay. No, you did. Wait, before we go for what did you get? Why do you have? Did you eat too much? Is that what happened? Yeah, exactly. That turkey was seducive. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. And you, oh, did you eat something? What did you eat? Of course I did. I actually had a little dinner break. That was it because I was with all of you guys. But remember, I had my birthday was last week. Oh, that's so, right. You had so, birthday cake in right. a turkey. So I was stuffed Reed on birthday and I was stuffed <laughs> turkey on Thanksgiving. Well, but, that but means it was you good. definitely need it. <laughs> Acid. I know that, right? I, I survived. I don't know how, right, but let's I did. Get, let's get to the uh, re, uh, the normal stuff that we normally. Yeah, come about. on, Stan. Bring it uh, on, baby. Bring it on. Uh, number one, what is the? Why is the comparison making the border an automatic weapon? There's no, there's no comparison here. First of all, what the hell does anybody need automatic weapons for? Do you need it in New York City? Do you need it anywhere? You're no one needs it. I'm waiting for the day when I hear. That bazookas, bazookas are now normal on the street. Someone used the bazooka, and nobody will say anything about that. It's getting ridiculous. The president is right. Let's try to do what we can. He may have to do it with an executive order. Uh, I don't think. But Stan, he had all the time to do it. First off, let me go back to your one point: the open borders. And I cited the number five hundred ninety-six thousand, almost six hundred thousand illegal guns to the border. He's not talking about the illegal guns coming through the border. He's only talking about them from citizens that are carrying guns in the United States. It's like the border doesn't even exist. And and he would have much more credibility if he at least said everywhere, if I find an illegal alien coming in with one, then you're going to get twice the amount of crime, you know, time. But no, he's giving them a free pass and basically saying law abiding citizens. And, you know, the problem is, Dan, he is not talking at all about no cash bail. He's not talking about getting tougher on criminals. It is just a one prong approach. And and to me, that's why I say it's political, because if he sincerely wanted to change things, he would say, let's look at everything. Yeah, clearly letting people out is a problem. Um, so to me, it is absurd. Stan, real quick, I'll let you to respond because it's so one dimensional. Rita, you never mentioned the southern states, some of the red states that have to an extent some have higher crime rates overall than New York, Chicago, and so forth. They're the red states. I don't hear you ever mention any of those states. Oh, wait, uh, Stan, Stan, that's absolutely not correct. The numbers in Chicago, wow, that is like skyrocketing city.
It's the Rita Cosby Show. Well, you can never go wrong with Rod Stewart on a Friday night here on the Rita Cosby Show. And by the way, coming up later on in this hour, first, we always do our support, our heroes, which we do every night, which I love doing on the show, honoring the military and their families. And we're also going to talk about Elon Musk, because I love this guy is great here. He has, of course, taken over Twitter. He is the owner. He basically told uh, the lazy employees, see ya, right? You got to work. And now he is saying, in addition to letting people back, he said, you know, I want to let Trump back. I want to let a whole bunch of people back. He's also saying, we also need to look into the suppression of the Hunter Biden story. And this is causing shockwaves to the left. The left is going crazy. Like, what? You want to show suppression of what, 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 what? Because now that he owns it, he is going to look into basically who knew what, what did they know, who wanted it suppressed? Did it come from maybe the Biden administration or somebody close to him? Remember, Twitter, Facebook, everybody was suppressing it. We've heard from Mark Zuckerberg, who said on camera, yeah, you know, all these uh, FBI folks were calling us and saying Russian disinformation, and we thought this was it. And we suppressed it. And then remember, a whole bunch of uh, senior officials in intelligence signed a letter saying uh, this has all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. So it'll be really interesting if he says that he will release. He says right now he's considering it, that he might put out the, quote, internal discussions. Boy, the ones that they never thought would see the light of day. And it will be really interesting to see Who might have been behind that move? Why did they do it? What did they know? Were they doing a favor for the big guy? What was it all about? And Congressman James Comer, who just recently came out and said that, yeah, uh, the GOP is going to look into Hunter Biden, into his financial records, into the phone calls, business records. They said they found some evidence of shell companies. I mean, the guy was making tens of millions of dollars. That's on the low end. Uh, from these deals with some shady characters in Russia and China and so much more. And Comer says that he plans to blow the lid off of this. And this news about Elon Musk is music to their ears. Take a listen. We have repeatedly called on the Biden Treasury Department to release additional financial documents to committee Republicans. But thus far, Treasury has refused. We want to know what the Biden administration is trying to hide from the American people and why they are not being transparent. We also found evidence Hunter Biden sought to evade these SARS using his financial advisor, coincidentally a Clinton administration official. We will continue to pursue all evidence and specifically the SARS and bank records in the new Congress. And he also says that this is not just an investigation that the GOP plans to launch. It's one of their priorities, number one, uh, into Hunter. They're also looking into good old Joe. This is an investigation of Joe Biden the President of the United States, and why he lied to the American people about his knowledge and participation in his family's international business schemes. National security interests require the committee conduct investigation, and we will pursue all avenues, avenues that have long been ignored. Committee Republicans have uncovered evidence of federal crimes committed by and to the benefit of members of the President's family. These include conspiracy or defrauding the United States, wire fraud, 
conspiracy to commit wire fraud, violation of the Foreign Agents Registration Act, violations of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, violations of the Trafficking Victims Protection Act, tax evasion, money laundering, and conspiracy to commit money laundering. The Biden family's business dealings implicate a wide range of criminality from human trafficking to potential violations of the Constitution. In the 118th Congress, this committee will evaluate the status of Joe Biden's relationship with his family's foreign partners and whether he is a president who is compromised or swayed by foreign dollars and influence. I want to be clear. This is an investigation of Joe Biden, and that's where the committee will focus in this next Congress. I now. And that's where they're going to focus. And it looks like Elon Musk may be helping them if he releases this information of private discussions. Later on in the hour, I want to get your calls on that. What do you think is going to turn up between Elon Musk and between the new GOP House that says priority number one, in addition to the border and trying to get Mayorkas gone, he says he's not going anywhere, but and keeps saying the border's secure. I want to know what he's drinking too early for eggnog, but I think he's drinking it because that border is sure as heck not open. But they also say they are going to look at Hunter Biden and get records. They will have subpoena power now so they can now go to banks and say, hey, I want to find out where did this money come from? Who sent it? Where did it go? Where did it go after he got it? Who did he call? I want emails. I mean, this is going to really unravel big, big time. So where do you see it going? And do you think it's going to end up at the big guy? And if indeed Elon Musk starts helping with some internal discussions, that could also be explosive and can certainly be used by Congress, too, as evidence of, hey, wait a minute, so-and-so said this. Let's call so-and-so. Here you put it in writing. This is uh, this is uh, this internal discussion that so-and-so sent to the head of Twitter at the time or a friend of Twitter uh, to suppress the story and to suppress the New York Post and to suppress political opponents and others. This could get really, really interesting. And I can't wait. I'm going to get the popcorn for that because that is definitely going to be a good one. And definitely there could be a lot of tentacles there. What are your thoughts? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. We are talking now, though, about, of course, gun control because Joe Biden just let it rip. He just said basically anybody with a semi-automatic firearm is sick, basically. Why would anybody have this? He said, I don't know. And he's doing it on the heels of these terrible mass shootings that have taken place, especially this horrible one that took place at the Walmart where it was a manager who opened fire on his employees. And this guy was clearly deranged, too. And listen, I'm I'm all for getting the guns out of people who are using them illegally. You know, people that are crossing the border illegally or people that are using them in crimes in many of our inner cities across this country. Stan was like, oh, it's the red state, Stan. That's incorrect. It's the inner cities that have enormously high numbers, especially per population. Uh, the numbers are skyrocketing. And yet you don't see... Joe Biden going into Chicago and saying, hey, what can we do to help the inner cities? You don't see him even going into New York City. And when he did come to New York, remember, all he talked about was guns, guns, guns. Same thing. Doesn't say anything about punishing the criminals and making sure that they don't want to commit the crimes. 
and also didn't talk about mental illness either. And that's a big issue here because we're getting more details about this guy in the Walmart. This is the guy who opened fire. He basically left um, like a death note, if you will, on his cell phone that they found after he took his own life, after he killed six employees. And this 31-year-old guy wrote, the associates gave me evil, twisted grins. They mocked me and celebrated my downfall the last day. That's why they suffered the same fate as me. Wow. So this was just like they taunted him, so he says, and that's why he said he had to do this, which is just horrible, obviously, twisted logic. And he said, may God forgive me for what I am going to do. This uh, were some of the things in his sort of manifesto, if you will, that was found on his cell phone uh, after he took his own life. So this is a guy clearly had derangement issues, had problems, felt that he was being like bullied, uh, felt that he had a clearly anger management issues. A lot of people are saying this. Why are people not talking about the mental issues that are behind it? We can't keep just saying guns, guns, guns and saying that that is the solution. What are your thoughts, everybody? It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And by the way, um, you know, I always love reading your comments here on the show. And this is a comment. This is from uh, Twitter. This is coming to me from Sal on Twitter. Everybody, I follow, you know, I always love to hear your comments. Go to at Rita Cosby. Sal writes, Rita, I wonder if President Biden is more afraid of the legal gun owner than he is of the armed thug. What makes him think that thugs will obey gun laws? That's a great point. New York is one of the stiffest in the country, Sal. And yet we obviously have a lot of gun crime. And it's because those who are caught with illegal guns are back out on the street the next day. So, I mean, how can you sit there and pretend to put something strict on the books if you're not going to even enforce the ones that are existing? I mean, that's a huge problem. Sal also puts, I love this, Sal, Sal, Rita, it's easier to control the law-abiding citizen than the criminally-minded thug. Wow, that's a great point, and what a sad testament uh, that is to society, that he would rather go after legal gun owners then make sure that those who have guns illegally pay the price. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to John. Line two. John, your thoughts about Biden saying if you have a semi-automatic firearm, you're sick. Go ahead, John. Hi, Reed. Rita, how is he going to get all these guns from law-abiding citizens that own their guns legally? How are they going to get them? Yeah, that's a great point. Right. How about well, who is the person who said it, John? Do you remember it was like Beto O'Rourke in one of the debates said that he would support people going to door to door to get the guns out of I mean, I mean, are you kidding me? They're, they don't go door to door to people who have like arrest warrants and they're going to go door to door to legal citizens. Go ahead, John. They actually might start a civil war, which is where they're heading our country to, because if anyone doesn't realize they're allowing these criminals to run ramp, they want these criminals to run ramp in the streets because they're not getting affected. Their children aren't getting killed. Their wives aren't getting raped. They don't care. They live in their ivory towers. So Obama learned from from uh, Missouri with uh, Michael Brown, who that was a big lie. You know that Black Lives Matter when they march, they still say hands up, don't shoot. No, you're right. And that was and that was all fabricated. You're right, John. So, John, what's the solution? I mean, what do we you know, 
the fact that he's coming back, I think he's just throwing it out for politics because then he could say, well, the Republican Congress wouldn't let me do it. Um, and hoping that people forget that the last two years was totally Democrat controlled in Washington. So that's a bunch of hogwash. But go ahead, John. Let me ask you another. Let me ask you another. I have a couple of things I've been dying to say. Let me ask you another point. How many people are dying from fentanyl a day? Yeah, 300. Over 300. But 300 people aren't getting shot a day, but no one cares. How many illegal aliens commit crimes? Does anyone in our country know the only state in the United States of America that keeps statistics is Texas? Yeah, how Where sad is that? Is that? It, you know what, John? You, John, by the way, you raise a great point about, first of all, there should be statistics. Part of the reason, though, John, and I think you know the answer, that they have the time can't check. They don't check when people come across the border. They can't see if they committed a crime in Guatemala or they can't see in Mexico. Half the time, that may not even use the real name. You know, I mean. I'm talking about people that commit crimes here. When they get arrested by the police, they don't keep a statistic. This guy's an illegal alien who committed a crime in the United States. Because they don't want us to know the statistics. Because these people have statistics for everything. No, that's a great point. You're right. And, John, you hit it on the head about the border and the double standard for the illegal aliens. Because these numbers that you just recited about the 300 fentanyl deaths a year, um, they don't want to talk about it. I have only heard... Joe Biden say the word fentanyl, I think once in the last two years. And he said it on, it was like national opioid overdose day. And he said it like two seconds because he realized the next thing would be border, you know, and he won't even go visit the border, John. The the double standard is shocking and it's deplorable. And that's why, John, I feel this is politics, because if they really cared, they would close up that border. They would they would do something about fentanyl. When he talks to President Xi from China, he'd say, hey, by the way, could you stop bringing it in from China through our southern border? You know, could you stop manufacturing it and transporting it into America? But he doesn't even talk about it. And and just like you said, the other number I brought up, uh, I don't know if you heard this, but 600,000, it's pretty close to 600,000 illegal guns came through the southern border while Joe Biden was president. You never hear him talk about that. It's only like guns after a shooting in the United States by an American citizen. I, I mean, the double standard is so disgustingly transparent, John. You hit it right on the head. Thanks so much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Never go wrong with the little Rick James. The other one is Super Freak. Remember, that's a great one, too. We are rocking here on the Rita Cosby Show on the day after Thanksgiving. I hope all of you had a beautiful holiday. I hope a lot of you are relaxing with your family and friends this weekend because that is what the holiday is all about. Joe Biden, however, says his plans are to, as soon as he comes back, to ban guns. And he is basically talking about a huge swath of guns. He is saying semi-automatic 
firearms. And just to give you a sense, I was looking up some of the numbers. Semi-automatics account for about 20% of the 300 million privately owned firearms in the United States. And that percentage, by the way, is quickly rising because the semi-automatics now account for about 50% of all new firearms bought every single year. That's a huge amount. So we're talking about a wide swath of those who are buying it legally, buying it legally. And a lot of these crazy cases of late, we've heard, yes, they have used guns, but they've also used knives. Uh, they've pushed people into subways. I mean, uh, the problem is much more complex. And it also needs to be a focus on those illegally. Joe Biden's not separating the legal gun owners who are responsible, who are careful, who have it for specific reasons. Uh, either they grew up in a family like that or they have a farm or a ranch or they're just Second Amendment advocates. It's in the Constitution. But he is putting this wide swath of if you've got a semi-automatic, we're basically coming for you. And he says this is going to be his priority when he comes back after the Thanksgiving break. Uh, so, boy, uh, what is he talking about when he won't even go after criminals? He's giving them a free pass. And this comes at the same time as we were just talking about the ACLU saying that anybody who is an illegal migrant should not be detained. They said it's really unfair to do that to them. They use the phrase it's racial profiling if they are being detained. Maybe they cross the border illegally and maybe that's it, but they're not talking about that. And they say there's about 30,000 that are right now being detained. They are suggesting that it would be a good thing if Joe Biden could release them basically into American cities and towns to mark the 20th anniversary of the Department of Homeland Security. Like that would be a tribute to the Department of Homeland Security? I would think, like, lock them up and throw away the key. That would be a tribute. If you talk to especially any of the border agents, they are so frustrated. What's happening there at the border And they're overwhelmed. There's been suicides happening, sadly, of late of border agents. There were three just about a week and a half ago because it's so difficult. They are overwhelmed. They are frustrated. And now the ACLU is saying to mark the 20th anniversary of the Department of Homeland Security, let's let all these people out. How does that make any sense? That, to me, would be a slap on the face. And by the way, of this 30,000 that they said should not be held, 9,000 of those detained, these illegal aliens, are convicted criminals or have serious pending criminal charges against them. So, I I mean, how is that a tribute to the Department of Homeland Security to let more criminals out on the streets? These are ones that they know about. That doesn't include the gotaways, and there are so many of them. This is really crazy stuff, and yet this is what the Biden administration is focused on. Let's go to Daniel, uh, line eight. Daniel, your thoughts about all this. Yeah, I'm completely disgusted at the president even mentioning that. Uh, Anytime you have a a sitting president tell you that he wants to strip away your Second Amendment rights and somehow restrict them even more than they already are is abhorrent. It's unconstitutional and and it's shameful. Yeah, it is. And And it's also political, Daniel. I feel like he's trying to, I don't know if he's Trying, I think, trying to score political points so we could say, listen, we tried to do it, but the GOP wouldn't let us. We tried to do this, but they wouldn't let us. I mean, if he really cared, he would have done it years ago, and he hasn't. And, and you know, it's just incongruent. And what it does, it just leaves the American populace at the mercy of the criminals who aren't going to obey any of your gun laws. The yeah. only ones that are turning their weapons are law-abiding citizens. 
thousand percent. So then they will be left defenseless. And then the thugs are going to feel even more emboldened because they're going to have even more free reign. I, that That is like you got to have a screw loose if you think that that's the way to solve society's problems right now, where crime is skyrocketing across so many major cities in this country. It just shows that this president, his priorities are so, so out of whack. And it comes, by the way, Daniel, at a time where he's also going to give $1 billion in climate reparations. Did you hear this? He's giving $1 billion in climate reparations. You know, imagine if he put that money towards, you know, uh, more jails or to better, you know, better, de- you know, detection systems to see who has committed a crime. But nope, nope, yeah, nope, I nope. I think of a million ways he could spend that billion dollars. It's just, uh, I just think that taking guns away from people, I, I don't want to have my, my safety relegated. I hear you, Daniel. Thank you. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a beautiful story coming from Texas where a 101-year-old World War II veteran joined service members on Fort Hood on Thursday as they honored her with a meal and an exclusive tour of the post. Elizabeth Montgomery shared stories of her time in the service from 1943 to 1946. She said, it was beyond my expectation. She said, I've lived a long time and I've never been to such a place as this, referring to Fort Hood. Montgomery watched the war unfold and wanted to do her part to help. She served as a platoon officer and in the Signal Corps. She was among one of the first groups of women to actually serve in the Army and said at the time women held very limited roles. This was a new experience, but everyone wanted to do something. So they went into the factories. They went into the Army. Fort Hood officials honored her with flowers and a certificate of appreciation. And with a century of wisdom to offer, Montgomery offered advice to those who admire her lifetime of service. She said, try to make everybody a friend so there's no opposition to nationalities or so forth so that everybody has a chance. Great words of wisdom from 101 years old Elizabeth Montgomery. And thank you for your service, Elizabeth. And of course, to all of our great veterans and their families. By the way, everybody, you know, we also do our Back the Blue every night here on the Rita Cosby Show. And to go along with our Back the Blue segment every night, the Rita Cosby Show Store has a line of Back the Blue merchandise. Uh, what what could be a better gift for the holidays? To give to mom or to give to dad or to give to yourself? Head over to store.ritacosbyonline.com, store.ritacosbyonline.com. Check out our line of Back the Blue gear. It's very cool. And when you use the promo code RITA15, you will receive 15% off of your order. Show how proud you are of our men and women in law enforcement. Maybe you've got a family member. Maybe you yourself. It is the perfect gift this holiday season. And again, it's store.ritacosbyonline.com. And most importantly, everybody, remember to back the blue. It is so important to support them and our heroes, our men and women in the military. Well, we are talking, of course, about Joe Biden making these comments saying that people who have semi-automatic weapons are sick. And obviously somebody 
who opens fire in a Walmart, they are sick. I'll, I'll agree with them on that. But he just cast a wide swath across every legal gun owner in this country. And he's not talking about anybody, the, the history, the mental history, in fact. It's basically a cheap, easy target, I think, by just going after guns, including legal gun owners. And he's saying this is going to be priority number one. He's going to have so many problems, not just within his own party, but also the Supreme Court. I was trying to think the Supreme Court of late has really been going after state and local restrictions, just like in New York. Remember, there was the case that went before the Supreme Court. It was about uh, concealed carry cases. And they basically said, no, 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 no. Um, you know, you're not allowed to infringe on people's Second Amendment rights if they are legal gun owners. So it's interesting that even the Supreme Court has been saying, no, you cannot trample on Second Amendment rights. And yet this White House seems to paint it with a big, broad brush saying that they want to ban semi-automatic weapons of all sorts. And again, they're not talking about inner cities crime. They're not talking about Chicago, New York City This is coming on the heels of several isolated cases of mass shootings. The horrible shooting, of course, that took place in Colorado, the one at the Walmart in Chesapeake, Virginia. But isn't this just a cheap approach? And they are totally turning a blind eye to so many issues that are part of the problem. I mean, crime is so complex and you got to go after the bad guys. Why are you going after the legal gun owners? That is crazy. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Anne. Anne, your thoughts about all of this. What do you think? Hey, Anne, are you there? Oh, hi. Hi, Anne. Yep, you're here. Go ahead, Anne. Okay, so um, I, I think that uh, no, um, Biden, he's not necessarily um, uh, trying to appease his, his faith only. I think that this has to do with, uh, well, the Democrats, right? They want to take control of uh, America and turn us socialist, turn us into socialism. So the way to do it is to take away our uh, Second Amendment. If they take away all of our ammunition, there's just no way that we're going to be able to defend ourselves, right? So we're going to end up turn, you know, becoming something like Venezuela or one of these type of countries where there's no defense. You know, by the way, Ann, you don't have to look that far because um, I was just seeing a number of you were talking about in Canada, um, because in Canada, they are now talking, passing some new major gun laws. Justin Trudeau said he wanted to do that. He was going to remember, like, charge people who sold a gun, who did all that, that apparently they are working towards this, uh, basically banning all variants of semi-automatics, that they're in the process of doing this. This from the guy who wouldn't let the freedom truckers, remember, do one thing like that was a threat to democracy where these truckers, you know, I mean, who didn't want to be vaccinated. Give me a break. And now he is going after guns in that country. So Canada may be like where Joe Biden's looking, you know, maybe saying, oh, I like what they're doing. And oh, Canada, oh, come to America. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norman. Uh, line seven. Norm, your thoughts about all this? Oh, yes. Hold on, Rita. I'll take you off speaker. Uh, Rita, um, I just want to correct the misinformation that our president and a previous caller made uh, about guns. Uh, Biden's new strategy is to ban plain old-fashioned civilian firearms. The usage of the scary term semi-automatics 
Okay, that's normal firearms. Every security guard exactly. in the lobby. Exactly. Right. Okay. Um, he's trying. He's falsely alluding to the word semi-automatics when he really is saying, I mean, the fully automatic. Okay. A fully automatic firearm is a machine gun. They have been banned for civilian sale since 1934. Okay, so this is to go after normal civilian purchase of firearms. So let let me ask you, Norm, before you go further, do you think he knows the difference, you and I do, um, or do you think uh, this is intentional, that maybe he is cognizant of this one at least? Oh, yeah, he's he's cognizant. He's cognizant. He knows. Look, um, it's not a – he's cognizant. I mean, this is is the talking points that they're giving him now. I mean, so, I mean, you know, I mean, he didn't come up with this by himself. This is, once again, this is Barack Obama. This is Susan Rice. Whoever the hell is running this country right now, that's 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 they're feeding him this stuff. OK, but basically, you know, um, yeah, no, this is this is scary stuff because every OK, if you go to buy a handgun now, OK, uh, in New York, OK, you have a choice. You can get a revolver or you can get a semi-automatic. A semi-automatic is a nine millimeter. Uh, I'm sure uh, like. Off-duty cops like Bo Deedle, I'm sure he's walking around with a semi-automatic as his off-duty firearm. Yeah, no, well, absolutely. Saying, yeah. Legal, legally again. Yeah, no, of course, of course. It's, this is, this is um, you know, it, it, this is, uh, he's, he's trying to manipulate us. And uh, I hope it doesn't work. That's yeah, it. And you know what I mean, also, it, and Norm, but you know what's interesting, Norm, and, and you understand the politics of all this. And you and I, I remember you and I talked quite a bit, Norm, of course, about all the double standards for migrants. Uh, during COVID, because I remember you didn't want to, you didn't want to take the vaccine like a lot of people didn't want to take the vaccine. And yet the double standards, oh, come on through the border, right? Same thing here. It's like this, this comes at the time that he is listening to the ACLU who wants to let go of criminal migrants. And I'm talking about the ones that have committed crimes. There are thousands of them that have committed crimes. Some, most of them have been convicted of those crimes. So, they got to be kind of uh, bad hombres and uh, bad uh, mujeres, right? So, so you got that, and they're thinking about freeing them and not going after. So far, we haven't heard anything about the illegal guns coming through the border. Six hundred thousand since Biden's been president, not a peep. But yet, it's always after the American legal citizens. It seems like um, we don't want nuts to have them. I think we all agree that we don't want this crazy guy in Walmart. That's horrible. Um, the guy in Buffalo. I mean, all these things, these are horrible cases. But if you look at the numbers compared to 600,000 illegal guns, why is he not paying attention? It's the double standards norm. And that is disgusting. There's nothing being said about what's coming across our border norm. And that's disgusting. It's shameful. It's dangerous. Right. Um, look, I, I just want a slight correction. I, I took the vaccine and I got sick from it. So anyway, but the oh, point, you did. OK, point, OK, OK. I know. Okay. But you were I mean, protesting. Think, you know, Weren't you protesting? You were protesting those who didn't want to take it. Right. Yes. That's the point. Uh, yes. I'm that. That's uh, anyway. That, but of course, look, an open border is uh, anything is coming across here. The look, all the like I, I said this to you in the past, all those all those fully automatic uh, and things like bazookas, okay, which a previous phone caller, uh, you know, brought that up as a possibility of legal ownership, which is ridiculous. Okay, but basically um, uh, all of those things 
will come through the southern border because we, we you know, we abandoned, we abandoned, like, I think, 186,000 fully automatic AK-47s when we left Iran. I mean, Iraq, uh, left Iraq um, during the Iraq war. We, we left, you know, I, I mean, uh, if, if we don't have a strong border, um, those things are going to come through. And, uh, you know, and those will go to the highest bidder. Yeah, no, you're right. There's no registration required for those things. Yeah, and uh, and they don't seem to care. That's the sad reality. Norm, thank you. You're awesome. Thanks so much. Let's go to Cliff, uh, line four. Cliff, your thoughts about all this. Okay, I just wanted to point out that just registered, just licensed countries in in this country outnumber all of the armies in the world combined. That's a lot of guns. Yeah, no, there's, there's, there's no doubt there are a lot of guns, but, but the point is he's not going after the illegal ones. He's not separating and he's not treating criminals like criminals. Right. And the other point I want to make is no one in this country is allowed to own heroin any way, shape or form. How's that working out? Right. No, you're right. You're right. But, but let's talk about fentanyl. Okay, one one thing, because you're, you're bringing in drugs. Let me just tell you, this is staggering, by the way, uh, Cliff. I saw this number, too. 1.1 million pounds of illegal drugs is what came through the border since Biden's been president. 1.1 million pounds. Fentanyl is killing 300 people a day in America, over 100,000 uh, every single year, basically. Um, that is a staggering number. And he's not even mentioning it. Um, you know, it, it's it's deplorable, Cliff. Go ahead. Yeah, and he makes guns illegal. What do you think the cartels are going to do? They're going to say, thank you very much. You got another line of product to sell you. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And and by the way, as if the cartels will care, they'll be like, oh, great. Now we can, uh, you know, uh, now we're the, the sole distributors because clearly Biden isn't going after them. That's part of the problem, Cliff. Thank you very much. Great call. Really interesting. Let's go to Sherilyn, who's in Ontario. Uh, Sherilyn, I got to ask you about Justin Trudeau. What is he doing with guns up there? Hi, Rita. Well, another thing he's actually doing or proposing to do is, you know how people buy guns, trade guns, sell guns amongst each other? You're gun collectors, right? He's going to end all that. Like, if you've got guns and there's no more trading, there's no more selling, like he just cutting down, like he almost wants to make people not even want to have him around because what are you going to do with them? Why is why is he taking such a hard line approach that and again, these are legal gun owners that he's going after. Why is he doing this? What's the reason? What's the reason for the timing, Sherilyn? Well, a lot of it is just the same thing. The shootings in the States, the shootings here and just wanting to uh, act like, well, I'm going to do this for the people who don't want people to have guns. But it's a uh, there is people that are against people having guns because they're afraid of continuing this going on. But there's a lot of people that are like in the States um, that legally have them and hunt with them and, and everything, you know, and it's just and I remembered, you know, I lived in the States for 31 years and there's areas that when you travel, and I remember when I used to travel around with my ex-husband, we traveled with our, he traveled with a gun in the car because he just didn't feel safe not having one of his guns. And a lot of people have guns in the States. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. But you know what, let me ask you, here's a, a question um, that I'm curious about, Sherilyn. Trudeau's approach to criminals, because 
we in America see this total double standard, especially of late with Biden in the administration and liberal governors across many, many states. They seem to give these criminals a pass. Uh, they have the, you know, the no cash bail. Uh, they have the, you know, I, I say I make it facetious, but 30, 40 strikes, you're out. I mean, half the time when you see these people that have been arrested, you see their rap sheet. It's like you could read like three books with the amount of crimes that they've had. Um, is it the same in Ontario or is he doing something at least to make sure criminals are responsible or is he just guns, 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 just like Biden? No, he actually, they are pretty, pretty uh, down to the, the criminals do get uh, put in prison, whatever. The problem we have here is a lot like you have there also with the Black Lives Matter type thing. Um, as soon as all that started in the States, they started it up here. And they're still doing it. They're demanding streets being changed. They want, oh, and they're taking down all kinds of statues and everything that had anything to do with slavery or anything. And there's a lot of that going on. And that just stemmed from what happened down in the States, too. So, But as for your Biden thing, I think all next month, during the month of December, before the Republicans take the House, I think Biden's going to try to get everything he can done, everything rotten, everything he can do before he can't do it. Yeah, I agree with you. He's going to just try to ramrod whatever he can, whether it's, uh, you know, and even try, I think, executive orders and try to do whatever he can, at least through Congress to say, look, Congress supported me, even though he has, you know, what, a, like a, a little over a month. I agree with you. He's going to try to do whatever he can. If I was living down there, I'd be a 100 percent Republican because and I always was when I was down there. I just never could vote. But I always felt like they were more for the people and for everything that was going on rather than the Democrats. Well, and this to me looks so political on so many levels. Sherilyn, thank you. Really interesting to hear what's going on there in Canada. Sherilyn from Ontario calling here on the Rita Cosby Show. We're going to continue your calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222. Why is Biden going after all semi-automatic firearms? And as you heard from Norm, that's a huge swath of guns. That's an enormous, it's 50% of the new guns that are being sold fit in that category. You know, a lot of people use those, even in a lower caliber, if you look. I mean, it's all over the board. He's like, let's just try to get rid of them. But don't worry about the open border. And boy, Mayorkas is so great. He's doing such a good job securing the border. What? 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Like a little uh, southern border music here. We need some mariachis, I think, right? Yeah. Oh, wow. Very good. Very, very nice. I love it. I love it. And when you look at what's going on in the border, it is just, it, it's such a joke that Mayorkas, by the way, as we're talking about the Department of Homeland Security, uh, they came out the other day defending Mayorkas, saying he's not going anywhere. He's done a good job. Mayorkas says, I'm staying put. The Biden White House keeps repeating that they're doing a good job. I couldn't believe it. Corinne Jean-Pierre, the other day, the White House press secretary, came out and said, you know what? Um, We're doing a great job and we're just going to redouble our efforts. I'm thinking redouble your efforts. What, you're going to let, what, not 5.5 million come in under Biden's reign? You're going to let 11 million come in? I mean, your efforts so far are not working, but they will not admit it. And instead... They are talking now 
about Biden, who says, if you have a semi-automatic weapon, basically you're sick. That's what he said. You know, there's no reason. There's no social uh, redeeming reason to have that. And after two or three recent shootings that have been horrible, um, he's saying, you know what, we're going to go after that. As opposed to talking about criminals, talking about illegal guns, boy, does he have his priorities out of whack. And that's not good news for any of us. We're talking about in Canada, where they are now starting to ban guns. Um, and in fact, Justin Trudeau talking about banning semi-automatic, uh, which maybe Biden's looking there and saying, hey, let's do that. And I agree with our last caller. Sherilyn was saying she thinks that he's just going to try to ramrod all this through uh, while he has a Democratic House and Democratic Senate. And that means it's like a little over a month. It's January 3rd when the Republicans come in and take over the House. So that ain't a good time. He's got a lot to do in a very short time. And boy, is this president, his priorities just so out of whack. Uh, let's go to Diana. On line two, Diana, your thoughts about all of this. Go ahead. Hey, Diana, are you there? Oh, oh, hi, I'm here. I couldn't hear. Sorry. Perfect. No problem. I hear you loud and clear. What do you think? Thank you. Just wanted to bring to everyone's attention that it is illegal under federal law for a person who is an unlawful user or addicted to any controlled substance to possess a firearm. Now, Biden's sonny boy, Mr. Hunter, in his memoirs, states that he was an active person on uh, cocaine addiction for four years. And at that time, he did purchase a gun. He lied on the ATF form, the 4473, that requires a firearm purchaser to answer whether or not they are an unlawful user or addicted to marijuana, any depressants, stimulants, narcotics, et cetera. Yeah, you're right. You're, and remember, by the way, Diana, too, remember the gun was found like in like a dumpster, remember, like the, the girlfriend or wife or something, you know, try to get rid of the gun because she just thought it was like, like, what do you have it for? So and this is when he was high as a kite. Remember, he couldn't separate Parmesan cheese from cocaine. You know, I mean, the guy's a mess. And yet how ironic is it? You bring up a superb point because how ironic is it that his father is saying, oh, we want to get guns away from, you know, legal gun owners. And yet his own son so far hasn't been, you know, I haven't seen him pay a price for having an illegal gun. Have you? No, Senator Grassley looked into it and so did Ron Johnson, Senator. And they have not heard one word from Mr. David Chipman, uh, Biden's ATF director. So there you go, Rita. Nothing will be done. Wow. What what a double standard. By the way, I can't wait, Diana, till the GOP at least looks into a lot of stuff tied to Hunter. Um, We know that uh, he's being looked at for tax issues in Delaware. But, you know, the GOP, you talked about um, those on the Senate side, but on the House side, they say they're going to start looking into all the money that came into Hunter. So I think Joe Biden maybe wants to do a little deflection right now and try to focus on something else other than his family's finances, because it sounds like his family's finances are going to be rife with lots of zeros and lots of questions. That ain't going to be pretty. Everybody have a great rest of the weekend.
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.